The scripture for this morning is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Would you pray with me? Our Father, I love you very much, and I pray that you would help me now as I preach, and I pray that you would help all of us as we listen to the Word of God preached, and I pray that the prayer of the song would come true, that through the preaching of the Word, we would all say Christ is Lord, and through the preaching of the Word, we would be shaped more and more into the image of Him who came to save us. Father, I trust not in myself, we trust not in this moment, but we trust in God Almighty who is and who was and who is to come, and and him who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, we put all of our trust and hope in you now. In the mighty and merciful and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, the text before us this morning is extremely rich, and I wish I had a lot of time to go into a lot of details in it because I see a lot there. But I just want to direct your attention to verse 16 because today is our annual emphasis on Bible reading and Bible memory. So if I could have you look at verse 16 with me again. There Paul writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So let me just point out five quick things about this verse. First of all, Paul's exhortation is founded on the gospel. It's founded on what Christ has done for us and not just what we're supposed to do for him. So look back up into verse one and I wanna just read quickly verses one through four. If then you have been raised with Christ, so if you believed in Jesus Christ and given your life over to him, then seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, and when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So on the basis of what Jesus has done for us, caused us to be in him, Paul is now admonishing us to soak our minds in the word of God. Christ has done it all for us, and he's saying now give all of yourselves to Christ. This is based on what Jesus has done, not on what we do for him. Second of all, notice that this term, the word of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you. That most likely means the gospel or the good news of Jesus. 
But since the entire Bible is really just a story of God redeeming for himself a people through Jesus Christ and for the glory of Christ, we can say that this term, the word of Christ, is roughly equivalent to the whole Bible. So Paul is saying, let the whole entire Bible, let the whole counsel of God dwell in you very richly. And this leads to my next insight. Notice that Paul is encouraging us to let this word of Christ dwell in us richly or abundantly or profoundly or overflowingly. He's not encouraging us to do this superficially. So Paul doesn't want us to just know a little bit about the Bible or give a little bit of ourselves to the word of God. Paul is telling us to soak our minds in the Bible day by day, to give ourselves to the word of God. He's telling us to let our hearts be inflamed by the word of God day by day. He's telling us to let our will be bent toward the will of God day by day as we read and meditate and apply on and and apply the word of God. Paul has a vision of a people who are giving themselves greatly to the word and in this way loving the Lord with all of their heart and soul and mind and strength and how I pray that we'll have ears to hear this call today. Media and all that dominates our life so much in this culture and there's a place for it. But let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let God have first place by letting his word have first place. Fourth, notice that Paul's exhortation is directed toward us as a people as a church, and not just as individuals. In the original language of the Bible, the word you here is actually in the plural. So this is saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you all richly. Do this as a people. Do this as a body of believers. And then use it in particular ways. Use the word of God to teach one another. So yes, we have teachers in the church, people who have been gifted by the Holy Spirit to explain the word of God and apply it to life. But the vision of the Bible is that we would all teach one another as the word of Christ dwells in us richly. And then he says admonish one another, or that means to to correct or even rebuke one another and do it in the wisdom of God that the word of God supplies. Let the word of Christ dwell in you so richly that it fires up your heart so that when you gather together, you're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So I hope that you can see that Paul's vision for the rich indwelling of the word of God in the life of the church is about the church. It's not just about individual life. It's about our lives together. And I pray that you can see a vision of a church that is just saturated in the word of God, every individual giving themselves day by day to the word of God and then coming together and living together on the basis of that word. I do believe that this is God's vision for the church in general and it's God's vision for this church in particular. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Finally, notice there, as Paul often does, he says to do all these things with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Thanksgiving is such a gift from God to us. The best antidote against a grumbling spirit, a complaining spirit, someone's always nitpicking others or always nitpicking things in the church, the best antidote to that is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and then to give yourself to the discipline of thanksgiving. If you're having a hard time with a particular person right now, by the way, in your life, the best way to get over it is to start thanking your your God for everything you can think of for that person. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, and the Spirit of God will rise up inside of you. Now, with these things in mind, I do want to encourage you to find some Bible reading plan and give yourself to read all or part of the Bible this year in 2014. I hope that every one of you will have some plan by which you give yourselves to the Word of God. 
I myself am using a new plan this year. I'm going to use uh, discipleship journals, one book at a time plan. So this will be about my 24th or 25th time reading through the Bible. And I'm very eager to do that. I love reading through the Bible year by year. But as for our time this morning, I want to focus our time on Bible memory. And I want to do something a little unique today. Rather than spending our time trying to persuade you to memorize the Bible with us this year, I want instead to quote for you all of the fighter verses that we remembered together as a church in 2013. If you're visiting with us today, the fighter verses are the verses that we use as a church week by week to memorize the Bible, and I'll say a little bit more about that later. But the reason that I feel led to do that this week is because, by and large, I think that our church is persuaded that we should memorize the Bible. I doubt that there's much of anybody at Glory of Christ that doesn't think they should memorize the Bible. And now what I think we need is encouragement, we need motivation, and we need models of people who are actually memorizing the Bible. There are a couple of people in my life who are of great encouragement to me when it comes to Bible memorization, mainly by their example. I can remember times when I I saw people publicly quote scripture at length, and I just felt so encouraged to give myself to Bible memory, and now I want to be one of those examples for you today. I want to inspire you to memorize the Bible. I'm not here to show off, show you all that I've memorized. I'm here to inspire you to give yourselves to the Word of God, to take this admonition seriously, and to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly all the days of your life. So now, I want to quote for you the 37 texts that we've memorized over the last 52 weeks. I can't take the time to tell you all the stories of how God has applied these things to my life, but I'm telling you, I could go on for hours and hours and hours about how God has used these verses in my life. And I say that to say this, Bible memory is not just about Bible memory. Bible memory is about living life in Christ. And when you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, he applies that word to the particulars of your life. It'll blow your mind how God will take a particular verse and just the timing of why you're memorizing that verse this particular week and how he applies it to your life. It'll just blow your mind. So life in Christ is about life in the word. And so from time to time here, I'll probably say a few things about how God has used this, but mainly I'm just now going to quote all the verses. So Fighter Verses 2013, we started off with Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a stunning promise for those who believe. And then Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to uh, strengthen. Is that what it says? To give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. And then one of my favorite verses from this year, or or text from this year, was Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count all things as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may be found in him, Uh, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having the righteousness that, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead." Such a powerful text. 
And now here's this little verse, 1 Corinthians 1.18. It's like a little stick of dynamite. Small verse, packed full of power. For the word of the cross is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So people might malign you for the gospel, but beloved, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, so don't be ashamed of it. Can you imagine the power of your life if you just had a little verse like that trickling in your mind, you're meditating on it, living your life by it. Now, Psalm 37, 1 through 8, and then verses 23 through 24. Very helpful verses in a culture like ours. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon perish like the grass or fade away like the grass, and they will wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noon day. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. And then verse 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I remember the day when I was memorizing that verse. I was just pulling up into the Cub parking lot up here in Elk River, and I stopped there in the, in the parking lot, and I rehearsed the verse a few times to make sure it was solid in my mind. And as I was repeating these words in my mind, I watched this mother come out of Cub with her child, just a little guy. And so she had him by the hand, and they're walking along, kind of singing and dancing and having some fun together. And just about the time I said these words in my mind, that though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, just about that time, the little guy tripped over his own feet, and he would have fallen just totally face-planted right onto the parking lot, but since his mother had his hand, she kept him from falling all the way, so he kind of went doink and stopped about halfway down, and she pulled him back up, looked and made sure he was okay, and they laughed, and on they went with their life, and I thought, there it is. There's the verse. There's life in Christ. You might fall, but you will not stumble headlong, for the Lord has your hand. Oh, beloved, it's such a powerful thing to have the Word of God in your mind. It's about life. It's not just about Bible memory. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God as the King of kings, as the great high priest forever and ever and ever. Great way to remember all the things we learned in Hebrews, by the way. Those verses really sum it up well. And now one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 96, 1 through 10. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. 
For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. Come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity, with righteousness, with wisdom, with perfection. And in that day, everybody will pray. Praise the name of the Lord. Now here's another one of these little verses, like a stick of dynamite. Small verse, packed with power. Isaiah 43, 25. Imagine you're having a tough day. Imagine you're struggling with sin. And here comes a verse that you put in your mind. I, the Lord is speaking. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions. I vaporize them. I make them disappear for my own sake. And I will not Remember your sins. Hallelujah. If you believe in Jesus Christ, beloved, you're going to look at him one day face to face, and you're going to say, I'm so sorry for everything I did. And the Lord's going to say, what are you talking about? I don't remember anything. What are you talking about? That's the grace of our God. And now, Romans 12, 9 through 21. I'll tell you, this is one of the most fruitful verses, our text that I memorized this year. But it was also one of the hardest. It's like this staccato series of commands, and I find those to be the hardest to memorize. So I'm going to do my best to get through this, but sometimes I get confused with the order. So please just bear with me. But more importantly, just let the Word of God soak in. Imagine what our church could be like if words like this characterize not just our minds, but how we actually live together. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If it's possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So to the contrary, if your enemy, we're talking about an enemy here, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What a glorious vision of a way of life in Christ. Now, a shorter one, but important one. One that I struggle with, not in memory, but in life. A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I hear the Lord saying, use your words carefully, and I pray that we would all grow in that. James 4, 13 through 17. This is one where I remember exactly where I was, exactly what I was doing when I put these into my mind, and I just rejoiced in this all year long. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a city, and we will spend a year there and trade and make a profit. 
yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist, you are a vapor, you're a cloud that appears for a little time and then poof, vanishes away. I remember, I'm going to pause right there because I remember sitting on a park bench just before I remembered these verses and I looked up into the sky and there was this cloud that was so beautiful it just moved me I'm moved by things like that so I just stared at it for a while and then I gave myself to memorizing the verse and then I went to look back up to see what the cloud looked like now and the cloud was completely gone it was like what a great time to experience something like that your life is just a vapor it's just like that cloud it's there it's glorious it's gone so instead you ought to say if the Lord wills We will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Live a humble life. Be humble before your God. That's what I hear James saying. Luke 19.10, very small verse, very powerful for focusing our mission in this life. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Imagine having that in your mind as you go to Cub, as you go to wherever you go, to work, to play, in your house, whatever you're doing. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, and if I know him, then that's what I should be up to as well. Psalm 18, 30 through 31. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for everyone who takes refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a shield except our God? Oh, beloved, I memorized that over the summer and the timing was so perfect. It was so perfect and God was really a shield and a rock for me in those days. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Rachel, some of our favorite verses here together. When Rachel was little, we were going to Disneyland together and she was scared to death of the roller coasters. So we got on our knees and we prayed Philippians 4 together and then we went and had a good time. Do not be anxious about anything, about a single thing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pleasing, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what I hear the Lord saying is that if you'll saturate your mind by thinking about the things of God, you will be much more prone to receive the peace of God than the anxiety of the flesh. You have something to do with whether you have peace or anxiety in this life. Paul is basically saying here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Think about the things of God and the peace of God will belong to you. Psalm 42, 11 is a very interesting text to put right after Philippians 4. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. We need to preach to ourselves like that, and we should preach by the word of God. So put the word of God in you. Let it dwell richly in you. Isaiah 46, 3 through 4. Listen to me. O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from when? From before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. Even to gray hairs, I will carry you. From before you were born to the day you die. 
I have made and I will bear. I will carry and I will save. Beloved, there's some hope for you. There's some security in life for you. And now another little stick of dynamite. Philippians 1.21. Matt, I saw that you put something on Facebook about this the other day. This is the ultimate win-win of the Christian life. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For the believer, there's no losing when you're in Christ. Jeremiah 29.11-14. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me. You will come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Praise be to his name. Proverbs 22.1. This is a very good text to memorize in a culture like ours that's so obsessed with things. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver and gold. So may we pursue the right things in this life. Psalm 30, verses four through six. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to the and give thanks to his holy name. And why is that? For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's hope for us, beloved. Acts twenty, thirty five. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he said himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And now, Matthew 5, 3 through 12, this is the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you. When others uh, revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely, rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Important verses and convicting verses at the same time. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Psalm 32, 8 through 9. You want a life coach? Listen to this verse. This is God speaking. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And then basically he says, I only ask one thing. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding that has to be carried about by bit and bridle or it will not stay near to you. So don't be arrogant and hard to lead. Be humble and submissive and I will be your life coach. The great God, the Almighty, will show you the way to go. What an, what an incredible promise. And then Proverbs 31, 30, one in which I rejoice because I'm married to a woman like this. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And women of glory of Christ, I pray that that would be your goal in your life, to be a woman who fears the Lord. We live in a, 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 a culture that's obsessed with beauty, and the kind of beauty, though, that impresses God is the beauty called the fear of the Lord. Matthew 6, 9 through 21, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God does not tell us not to store up treasure. He just tells us where to store up treasure. And I pray that we'll hear and heed the word today. 1 Corinthians 10.31, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything to the glory of God. Can you imagine doing everything that you do to the glory of God? There's a way to do that. It comes by meditating on and applying the word of God. Romans 5, 18 through 19. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so we're talking about Adam here, so by the one man's obedience, by Jesus' obedience, the many will be made righteous. A very rich gospel text. And now John five thirty nine through 40. This is an, an important one for us to think about on a day like this when we're emphasizing the Bible. You search the scriptures, you memorize the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, that is Jesus. And yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So there is a way to fill your life with the word of God, beloved, and yet keep God distant from your heart. And God is saying, do both things. I want you to draw near to me, and I want you to fill your life up with my word. And I pray that we'll do that. First Peter 2, 9 through 11, some of the verses that this church was founded upon. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. So Peter is saying, see who you are and be who you are. Beautiful call to Christian life. Romans ten seventeen, another stick of dynamite in the Bible. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You want to grow in faith in 2014? You want to be a person of faith? I'm telling you, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The way that you grow in faith is that you become familiar with the promises and the purposes of God, and then you believe them. You can't believe what you do not know. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and then indeed grow in faith this year. Matthew 20, 26 through 28. And I remember this because we were doing this the week, uh, Carmen and David, the week that you guys left, we memorized these verses together. Jesus had just said that you know that out there in the world people are always trying to dominate each other and control each other. And then he said to his disciples, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servants. 
And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The humility of Jesus ought to be the aroma of the church. That's his will. Another little stick of dynamite here. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake, he, God, made him to be sin who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Our sin goes on Christ, his righteousness comes on us, and then we live in him. What a glorious vision. 1 John 3, 1 through 2, but I'm going to add verse 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are if we believe in Jesus Christ. The reason why the world does not know us is because it did not know him. Beloved, We are God's children now, and what we shall be has not yet appeared. But when he appears, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then verse 3, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. In other words, you live a life getting ready for the day when you will see Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now, to him who is able to do more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And indeed, amen. So be it. And then finally, we finish up 2013 with Matthew 22, 37 through 39, but I'm going to add verse 40. Someone had just asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment in the whole Bible? And he said, to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 40, on these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. So the entire Bible is summed up in this. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And what a fitting way What a glorious way to bring to a close a year of Bible memory together. At the end of the day, beloved, life in Christ is life in love. Life in Christ is about loving God with all of our hearts, which means putting him first. And one of the primary ways we put him first is by putting his word first and saturating our brains with his word. Life in Christ is life in which we love one another, in which we overflow with the love of God toward one another. And probably the best way to do that is to fill our minds with the word of God and so that we understand the will of God and then we can do the will of God with one another. Life in Christ is about loving the lost and being on mission with Christ in this world. And again, the best way to do that is to fuel up your soul with the word of God. And so may it dwell in us richly indeed. May we soak our brains this year, marinate our minds in the word of God this year together. Can you imagine what your life would be like in 2014 if the word of God dwelt in you richly like this? Can you imagine what our church would be like if everybody in this church took this call seriously and saturated their brains with the word and then lived out the word together day by day by day? I pray that 2014 will be a year in which we all grow greatly because we let the word of God dwell in us richly. And I challenge you, beloved, to rise up and do the Fighter Verse program with us this year. Now, as for the how-tos of Bible memory, I've, I want to say three quick things. 
First, if you look in your bulletins, you'll see in the devotional section of the bulletin, I put a little technique for how to memorize Bible verses. I'm sure that some of you are just thinking to yourself that you could never memorize the Bible or that you struggle with that, but I want to tell you that you can do this. I used to think that I could not do it, but then I learned a technique and, and, uh, and I ended up uh, adopting the one that's in your bulletin today because I think it's a better technique. But when I learned this technique, I was able to memorize a lot of the Bible, and you can do this too. God has given you a mind to memorize the Word of God. You have to start with that assumption, and then there's a technique for you. And I promise you that as you learn to use that, it will be work, and it might be painful, but it, it will work for you. Second thing I want to tell you is that over there on the family ministries table, we have some fighter verse um, materials, and I invite you to go look over there and take anything that you want. Pay for it if you can, and if you can't pay for it, just go ahead and take it. We only ask that you would honor uh, that gift by actually using that gift, and, and hopefully those resources will help you. The last thing I want to say is that if you have a smartphone, the Desiring God Ministries has a great app called the Fighterverse app. You can just search for Fighterverses. It's a free app. It's the best thing I've ever seen for Bible memory. I do all my Bible memory through it because I do the fighter verses and I also do other memory in my life. And I use this app to do all of my memory. It is awesome and it's free. So please take advantage of that. And then they also have a website that goes along with it that has lots of helpful tools, lots of helpful things. We're living in a day where everything that we need for Bible memory is available to us just like that. And I want to encourage encourage you to rise up and do it. What if you just put five verses in your mind this year? Five would be better than zero, right? So I want to challenge you to rise up and do that. Now before you go to those resources, I want to emphasize again what Pastor Kevin said earlier. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page because Desiring God has more than one set of, of a memory program. So we are on what they call the fighter verse collection and we are on year four. So if you go to the app and if you go, or if you go to the website, look for the Fighter Versus Collection and then go to year four. The first verse for this next Sunday is Isaiah 41.10. So that'll be your clue that you're in the right place. And I really pray that you'll do that. Now, before I pray, I want to give one more challenge. And I've really been praying, and I'm going to keep praying that God will rise somebody up to, to take me up on this and that somebody will do this. I want to challenge, besides just challenging the whole church to memorize the Bible, I want to challenge some of you to set this as a goal for 2014 that you would memorize every single fighter verse, that you would retain all of the fighter verses, and that next year when we have our Bible memory emphasis, that you will be the one to stand here and quote all the verses from 2014. I would love to see this happen, and I'm gonna be praying that it happens. I want to see at least one of you stand here and quote all the memory verses next year. And if there's more than one of you, if there's three or four of you that do it, well, we'll just line you up and you can take turns quoting the verses. But I really wanna see this happen. I wanna set the bar high, and I wanna ask you to pursue Christ with a passion this year. I wanna ask you to take this admonition seriously. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And let me pray for that now. Father, I thank you so much for the grace of giving us the word. I thank you for the grace of being a God who speaks. I thank you for the grace of having the ability to memorize Bible verses which you've given to all of us.
And I thank you for the discipline of doing it, Father. It's one of the most uh, helpful disciplines in my Christian life. And I pray, Father, that you would grip this church with a passion to be soaked in your word. I pray that everybody would put themselves on some kind of memory program. And I pray that some people would give themselves to this greatly. Father, I pray for the day when a, a man or a woman could stand in this place and quote all the Bible verses from 2014. I pray that you would cause that to happen. Father, I have spoken many words, but only you can capture the hearts of your people. And I pray that you would grip us with a passion for your word. We love you. We give our thanks to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.